0: Faithfully forged. Now it's not rocket science for me to suggest that our future is shaped by the choices we make today. Pretty obvious, yeah? yeah? I've got everybody on board so far? Good. Choose to overspend at Christmas and financial hardship will be in your future, like it's going to be mine. Choose to eat too much this Christmas and you might need to put another hole in your belt. If that's the, or maybe you need to buy new clothes or certainly go on a diet, which may be in my future, probably in some of ours as well. Now, choose to assume that your wife won't mind if you sit on the lounge and drink beer and watch TV while she cooks up a storm for your relatives. Well, that couch will be in your future for some time. Well, in a similar way, choose to listen to the wrong teachers. Choose to distort the scriptures and a night on the couch will be the least of your worries. Destruction will be in your future. It's a serious message, isn't it, from 2 Peter? Peter's giving us a serious warning about listening to false teachers, about sitting under their teaching, or worse still, what will happen if we bring friends and family in to hear their message? At best... The false teacher or the false teaching, it'll strangle our evangelistic efforts. But at the worst, it will bring destruction upon all those who listen. Let me quote Peter from 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. You're going to see just how serious it is, how much this actually really matters. What's said from here really matters. And you're going to see what he says about them. Have a look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. These people are springs without water and mists driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them, for they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of depravity, for people are slaves to whatever has mastered him. Those who are hearing the teaching, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. Peter's message is clear, isn't it? Listen to those who promote the corruptions of the flesh, those who distort the scriptures, and destruction will be in your future. Make no mistake. These kind of teachers are still around today. They're leading organisations, clubs, councils, government and most certainly churches today. Three things. God is patient. Three things we see in this passage from 2 Peter. God is patience. And his patience is a reminder of his big heart. God's open to us all, all who call on the name of Jesus. But it's not permission to delay it's not permission to engage in sin and unholy living. In two Peter we see God is a motivator. You can do it. Anybody seen Waterboy? Oh, come on, let's got to bring a smile to your face. That movie. I watched it with the kids recently. Probably was a little bit old for them, but it was still good fun. Come on, God will grow us. If we choose how we choose to feed ourselves today determines how we will grow. It determines our future. Well, let me put it this way. We can grow in Christ the easy way or the hard way. Who wants the easy way to grow in Christ? Who wants the hard way to grow in Christ? Who thinks they're going to end up walking the hard way? Yeah, good. Now we're telling the truth this morning because I know it can be like that. All right, The easy way, the easy way in, the, in the sense that it's, it's easy because it's laid out for us. We have the word of God. God tells us, Jesus tells us, his apostles tell us how to live, how to live a holy life. It's kind of a one plus one equals two, isn't it? It's easy. It's very straightforward. Hard to do, but certainly easy to discover and read about. On the hard way, the hard way to grow is, is, it's easy to do. But the fruits are much harder to live with. And if anyone's wondering, the hard way is to just give in to temptation, give in to sin. Or is it though? I think it's more nuanced than this. I mean, we can all make mistakes, so I think it's, it's, it's more to actually start naming what is evil as good. It's to start naming sin as righteous, and to even name love as hate. And you know I could give us some examples, don't you? You know, I'd love to sit here and just talk about all the examples that I could come up with just reading the news this morning. I could talk about the progressive theology. I could talk about prosperity doctrine. I could talk about the worship of self. And I could talk about the deafening silence when it comes to the condemnation of Hamas by much of Australia today. But I won't. Well, I did little, didn't I? See what I did there? I better pray. We're going to run through 2 Peter and we're going to look at those three things. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your great love. Come upon us by your spirit. Enable us to understand your word and to lean into your teaching this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. God is patient. There we go. God is patient. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 it can be both an encouragement, but also conviction can be in this as well. Do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. For the person struggling with any sin or temptation, but particularly the sins of the flesh, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, gluttony, Sins that these corrupt teachers condone with a corrupt reading of the Scriptures. For the person struggling, knowing that Christ is patient with us is a great encouragement, isn't it? Because seriously, these are difficult sins to avoid for at least two reasons. Firstly, the sins of the flesh, for the most part, are completely legal, even socially acceptable. They're encouraged and mostly happen in secret, but they're so destructive destroying community, families and the self. And sadly, such is our desire for these things that legalising them is not enough. It's not enough. If current legislation before our state parliament goes through, and it probably will, it will become illegal to speak against such things. But even worse, it will become illegal to even suggest that a person shouldn't go sleep with his neighbour instead of his wife, to become illegal, to even tell people to hold back from such things. Of course, it's dressed up in words like conversion therapy, religious suppression, yet this is the effect. Secondly, for the most part, at least in the doing, these sins feel good, and sometimes they even feel right. But answer me this, what sin doesn't feel right at the time? What sin doesn't feel good at the time? I mean, we don't need to say it's a sin to put your hand into a fire because we immediately feel the pain. But the sins of the flesh are much different, aren't they? The pain is felt later. Choices today corrupt our future. The sins of the flesh will corrupt our future. This short-lived pleasure in the present corrupts our future. Now, don't get me wrong. Remember that it is my job as a preacher my job here is to disturb the comfortable and to comfort the disturbed with what Peter teaches us. I'm to disturb the comfortable, comfort the disturbed. So if you're already kind of beating yourself up, then I want you to know that in my experience, God is, is patient with us and He's often more patient with us than we are of ourselves. So if you're struggling, know that God is patient. Know that he's got a lifetime to work on you, to encourage you, to motivate you. And speaking of motivation, our second point, God is a motivator. But the day the Lord will come like a thief, the heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Now, at first glance, this appears negative, doesn't it? The world coming to an end, Anything but motivation. But look closer. There is a great hope here. Now, of course, it's not a hope in the kind of sin doesn't matter kind of way. That's what the false teachers are pushing. But notice what his final statement said. Everything done will be laid bare. Everything done in this earth will be laid bare. So if you're comfortable, then you need to be disturbed by this. If you're comfortable in your sin, know this, everything done will be opened up for complete and total scrutiny. Your sin will be on the big screen for all to see. So sin matters. What's done in public, what's done in private, it'll be revealed, it'll all be brought to the light. And this should worry us, it should motivate us. But also perhaps you do struggle with sin, consistently, constantly. You fail time and time again. Well, believe it or not, this should be an encouragement for you too. But how can this be? Well, not only are our sins laid bare, but also the reasons for giving in to the temptations. The circumstances of our lives laid bare. The hand we were dealt laid bare. The way we are wired the influences, the reasons why we struggled, all of that will be laid bare too. Why why we struggled when others didn't appear to. It will all be brought to the light. Judgment Day will be the greatest, the most level playing field. And many who thought they were complete failures, I have no doubt they will be glorified over those who are just good at being good. Most Christian schools give out Christian character awards. I never got one. I know at my kids' school this week, they were giving out Christian character awards and my ki- and the kids were quick to point out that one of the children who got one of these awards was not a Christian. Seems a bit unfair, a bit unreasonable. How can this be? To this I said, to whom much is given, much is expected. So if you're blessed with a good family, a good upbringing, if you have kind of a a pleasant disposition, if you're naturally well-behaved like me, that was meant to be funny. My wife was here, she would have just like coughed, wouldn't she? (laughs) If you're a good encourager because you were blessed enough to have parents who encouraged you, well, for you, the world may well be your oyster. But no, this judgment day will be hell on earth for you. You are not judged against the fornicator or the criminal, but you are judged against Jesus himself. He is our standard, and we will all be found wanting. And I'm confident that those who are good at being good, those who are satisfied with the good that they have done and are doing perhaps, then I'm confident you will struggle the most. To this, Peter asks... What? That one. I got a verse wrong. I skipped a verse. There we go. To this, Peter will ask, "What kind of people ought you be? What kind of people ought you be? Knowing that Jesus is our standard, what kind of people ought we be? Well, you ought to live holy and godly lives," he says, doesn't he? The end times. It's not a big stick or a threat. but a strong motivator for holy living. It continues in verse 12. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Heaven's not sitting on a cloud enjoying a few martinis. It's living in the new creation. A new creation that doesn't suffer, doesn't age, doesn't moan, doesn't groan, and even more than this. This new creation will be where righteousness dwells. Once again, we will dwell in the house of the Lord. So verse 14, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him which is, of course, what it means to be righteous. To be righteous is to be at peace with God. God hates sin. We might not think of it like this, though, do we? God hates sin. Anyone who sins is waging war with God. I mean, do we really think we can win that fight? I mean, getting into a boxing ring with God himself... Who thinks they've got a chance? He created the universe. What did you do? But there is a chance, isn't there? What is that chance? Oh! Quicker than this morning. (laughs) But Jesus. But Jesus. For those who believe... Those who repent, Jesus steps into the ring, doesn't he? He stands between us and the just and right wrath of God upon our sin. He takes our place. That's what the cross is all about. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Peter is not done. Have a look at verse 17. Therefore, dear friends, this is meant to be a pleasant thing in one sense, but true. Since you have been forewarned, be on your guard. So you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. Now Peter's not suggesting that they can, that one, that a person can lose their salvation. To do so would be in contradiction with other scriptures. But it's a serious warning. He's mustering every bit of rhetoric that he can to give us a real and serious warning. It's a bit like the escaping through the flames, as Paul says. Well, possibly it's even a little bit more serious. And it's not, not all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But I say all this not just to quote Paul or to, or to point out that confessing that Jesus is Lord, it's, it's confessing that Jesus is Lord is not enough. We must believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead because that's the victory that takes the wrath of God off us. Now, is this difficult to believe? I'm standing out in front of you telling you that we have to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. I don't think it's difficult at all because once you open that door, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and he enables us to believe. Faith is a miracle. It's a work of God in our hearts. There is hope. Hope is found when we continually grow in the faith. God will grow us. Verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. This is the answer to all of that. If anything's heavy on your heart, this is the answer. Growing the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. This word grows, a special word. It's not a one-time thing. Often we think of grow as a one-time thing. Maybe a plant grows to it bears some fruit. Maybe it dies like, like my plants do because I don't water them. We often think of grow as a, a limited thing, something that just does for a season. That's not who we are. We grow continuously. The word here in the Greek is a present imperative, which means it's an ongoing, a continuous action, whereas the English feels like it confines it, it it. Restricts it, but it's not. It's meant to be continually growing. Every day, every moment, every conversation, every time we step back, we need to take two more forward. It's a continuous thing. Be continually growing, this should be translated. Keep coming to church. Keep fighting the good fight. Keep loving your neighbour. And do it in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Give him the glory now and forever. And the forever, it's, it's not just eternity. Christ will get glory forever into eternity. But it's from the moment of the cross, through the days of the scriptures, the history of the church, our very lives, our future, all we do for Christ is part of his eternal story. The building of his kingdom. Let me wrap this up. God is patient. And his patience, it must not be taken as a reason to delay coming to faith must not be taken as a reason to continue in our sin. It's either true or it isn't. If it's true, make your choice. End your war with God, commit to his way. For this is where life is found. Life's not found in our community, as good as the cupcakes are, as good as the coffee is. This is not where life is found. Life's not found in our good deeds. Life is found by knowing Christ as our Lord and Saviour. All the other things are the fruits of that life. We must not make the mistake of looking at the signs instead of what they point to. God is our motivator. The forthcoming destruction, judgment day, the return of Christ, these things are not threats. They're reminders Motivate us to focus on what truly matters living holy and godly lives today, shaping our future by walking His way. And when we do it, God will grow us. When we stop putting our focus on making excuses, when we stop trying to justify our sin when we stop giving in to the temptations, the moments of pleasure, and instead when we focus on living holy and godly lives, living in the expectation of his return, we can't help but grow. We just can't help it. And for those of us who are good at being good, like the non-believer who gets the Christian Character Award, all power to you. How wonderful that you've been blessed with such a great upbringing. And a wonderful disposition. It's great, don't get me wrong, but for you, your walk with Christ may be a far more difficult proposition than you realize. For you, the temptation may simply be to settle where you are at, to think that you're doing okay. I'm doing as good as those other Christians. That's enough. It's not. If you're not growing, you're backsliding, you're shrinking. Of course, your salvation may well be secure. But make no mistake, you will strangle our evangelistic efforts or worse, you may even send those of weaker conscience, those who didn't have your upbringing, you might send them to hell itself. So brothers and sisters, God has so much more in mind for us, for those who love him. So my final word is, don't stop growing. Don't stop leaning into Jesus, into his word. i never forget what Bear Grylls often says. I don't know if you know Bear Grylls. But people tease him that, you know, faith is just a crutch for you. And I'll never forget the interview when they said that. It's just a crutch. And he's, you're right, it is. What does a crutch do? Holds things up. His faith holds him up. And that's what our faith does for us. It holds us up, lets us stand strong and tall for Christ. God has a plan for each of us in his mission, in his eternal plan. We just need to lean in. Can I get an amen?